Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Ergonomics is a topic that takes center stage in your preclinical coursework, and it should take center stage in your mind. It's really something that is a crucial element of a long-term pain-free career in the field of dental hygiene. Take a look online at any of the dental blogs, websites, or communities and it won't be hard for you to find clinicians who are having a discussion about some kind of work-related soft tissue problems associated with their job-related sustained awkward posture, repetitive motions, or overexertion. These are real problems for the dental hygiene clinician. Now, ergonomics defined by Webster's is an applied science that is concerned with designing and arranging things that people use so that people and things interact most efficiently and safely. Consider the design of the dental operatory as being ergonomically friendly for a dental hygienist with instrument delivery in the front on the side of the clinician's dominant hand. That's an example of an ergonomically designed position for the instruments. The computer is close enough for easy access and efficient body movements for use. This may not be something that you've thought about before, but it should be at the forefront of your mind in this profession. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the physical space within the operatory as it relates to ergonomics to get you to be thinking about these things. The patient chair, the instrument tray, the clinician's chair, and loops should all be designed to provide support for clinicians in order to perform the duties using a neutral working position. We'll also discuss some of the preventive strategies to help maintain health and some of the most common musculoskeletal injuries that dental hygienists face. Being able to identify problems or future problems, being able to foresee an issue as it relates to ergonomics is one of the key preventive strategies for you. So we're gonna take a look at all of that in this episode. With a mindful eye on the topic of ergonomics, Let's consider the setup of your operatory. Your operatory should be set up in a way that provides you as the clinician with efficient use of space. You wanna have good movement and the ability to effectively treat without any additional stress or fatigue on your body. Now, as it's stated in your Wilkins textbook, musculoskeletal disorders repetitive stress injuries, and cumulative trauma disorders are really common for dental professionals. As clinicians, we must follow the science of ergonomics in order to keep our physical and mental well-being in check. 
workplace design is the first place to start. A front delivery system with the instruments on the side of the clinician's dominant hand is ideal for easy transitioning from one instrument to another as you're treating your patient. The patient chair has an ideal design for patient comfort and support, which we know is so important. When our patients are comfortable, our job is so much easier and we can accomplish the tasks and goals that we set out to do if our patient is comfortable in the chair. One consideration to note on the patient chair, the design of it, you want the back of the chair where the patient rests the top half of their body to be narrow enough so that when the patient is lowered back in the chair, the clinician is able to get close enough for comfortable treatment. I have seen some operatories where the design of the back of the chair is too wide. So you're reaching out with your arms in order to treat the patient because you can't get yourself close enough. So that's a real concern. And there are some risk assessments or a checklist of things that you want to note in the operatory before you get yourself in an awkward position. There's four basic positions for that patient chair. There's upright, semi-upright, supine, which is also known as horizontal, where the brain and the heart are on the same plane, almost lying down. And then Trendelenburg, where the brain is just lower than the heart with the feet slightly elevated. And these are the positions that are most commonly used when we are treating our patients. Now, from an ergonomic standpoint, these positions can be transitioned from one to another with either a foot or keyed controls in order to remain efficient and have efficient chair control. Remember, we're viewing the operatory with the lens of ergonomics. Now, the second chair that you will find in the dental operatory is your chair, your clinician's chair. And just like the patient chair, the clinician's chair has many specific features. I think the most important feature on a clinician's chair is support in order to allow for personalized adjustments of the height, the back, and armrests if those are available. The seat should provide adequate support for you in order to be in a neutral position. Now, in your preclinical rotation, you will learn all about clinical positions and the proper locations for you to sit. There are positions that you have to keep in mind with your elbows and your hips and your ankles and your feet. And you will learn all about that in your preclinical rotation. You will also learn about the proper location for you to sit, keeping ergonomics in mind for access, visibility, and good body posture throughout the treatment process. An additional component of the operatory that assists with ergonomics is the use of loops or magnification. And there is plenty of scientific evidence that supports the use of magnification to enhance the achievement of the neutral working position, which is the goal. Now there are different styles of loops on the market and some have fixed lenses that are customized for each clinician specifically for their working distance and others have adjustable lenses that can be changed and modified. 
Now, the most important component of loops is that they fit really well and they provide you with the ability to see well and maintain a neutral position with specific focus on your neck position. Now, one of the best things you can do as an early clinician is to place your focus on discovering the areas of your workspace or equipment that could potentially cause you problems over a long period of time. Prevention is always the goal. And in this case, recognizing the potential risk areas is a key step in avoiding injury or future musculoskeletal disorders. There's a risk assessment checklist for oral professionals that was shared in the Dimensions of Dental Hygiene in September of 2019. And the risk assessment checklist for oral health professionals in that article was wonderful at helping early clinicians discover things before they become a habit. While you're providing treatment, are your head and neck straight and in a neutral position? Are they facing forward and not twisted in relation to the rest of your body? Are your shoulders and upper arms in line with your torso? Are your upper arms and elbows close to the body? Sometimes we have a chicken wing effect. Are your wrists and hands straight and not bent up or down? You want your hips slightly higher than your knees. And are your feet resting flat on the floor? Is your chair adjusted to the right height and inclination? And does your chair have a base with wheels on it? Does the backrest of your chair provide support for the lower back? And do your thighs have enough clearance between the top of the thighs and the patient chair? Are you frequently changing positions? These are important considerations that you need to be mindful of. And I really like this checklist for oral health professionals that was published in the Dimensions book because it helps you consider all the different aspects of what you have control over. There are exercises that you can do that will help you stay healthy as well and help reduce the risk of potential issues or problems. Your spine is your lifeline and you wanna keep it healthy and happy. Now, I may sound like my grandmother when I say this, but it's all about flexibility. She always said that if you don't use it, you lose it. And I believe she was trying to tell me to just keep everything moving every day. This goes for all areas of your body, but specific love and attention to the spine. Movement exercises that help keep the spine working as a unit and functioning properly will go a long way at helping you maintain flexibility. In addition to flexibility and movement, I'll go back to my grandmother who told me more times than I can count to sit up straight and put my shoulders back. Now, I think the lesson here is that we should be mindful of our posture, no matter if we are treating a patient in the dental laboratory or sitting on a bench in the park with a friend. Consideration of what your body is doing is so important, especially when you start to feel discomfort or pain. It's important to take a step back and take the time to see if you can figure out how you are contributing to your pain and also what you can do about it. Ask a friend or a classmate in your clinical rotation to watch your posture once you start seeing patients. 
It's a really nice way to keep you monitoring things when you're focused on things other than your ergonomics. I just wanted to let you know that I've put a link to the article that I was talking about in the Dimensions book from September of 2019 in the show notes, so you can go ahead and check that out. I did not cover everything that's in that article in this podcast, and there's some really great information in there. The one thing I did share was the risk assessment checklist for oral health professionals because I thought that was really great, especially for new clinicians that are just starting out to really pay attention to their body, but also people who are seeing patients and who are out in the field who maybe aren't really thinking about those things. So the checklist really brings things back and makes you mindful of what you should really be looking for when you're checking out your body. So I would encourage you to check out that article. It was a really good one on ergonomics. It's important to know that dental hygienists make the top 10 list every time there's a discussion about jobs that are the most damaging to your health and your body, unfortunately. Uh, It never stopped me from becoming a hygienist, and in hindsight, I would have probably still done it, and I'm still happy that I did. But the other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode are the disorders, the musculoskeletal disorders that take place uh, and impact specifically dental hygienists. Remember, if you do experience any discomfort associated with these disorders, take the time to find out the source of the problem and then figure out what steps that you can do to relieve the pain or discomfort that you're experiencing. This is something that you do not want to wait to treat. You work way too hard to become a dental hygienist, so don't ignore the things that your body is trying to tell you. So the top of the list, and these are in no particular order, but the top of the list starts with carpal tunnel syndrome. And carpal tunnel syndrome is a compression of the median nerve that's contained within the carpal tunnel. And carpal tunnel syndrome can be caused by performing instrumentation without a neutral wrist or having a pinched grasp or an inadequate fulcrum. Now, patients who suffer from carpal tunnel syndrome experience numbness, tingling in the thumb, index, and middle fingers, and have lots of pain and discomfort. Sometimes this can happen in one hand, and sometimes this can happen in both hands. So this is something you just want to be aware of. Remember, prevention is key. So having an understanding and having the information really gives you a lot of ability to be mindful and aware. The next main musculoskeletal disorder that impacts dental hygienists is thoracic outlet syndrome. And this is a painful disorder of the fingers, hand, and wrist due to the compression of the brachial nerve plexus and the vessels between the neck and shoulder. And this is actually caused by the tilting of the head forward or having rounded over shoulders, or continually reaching overhead. This is why we have a loop slight, so we don't necessarily have to reach over our head all day long for the light that's in the operatory. Now, patients suffering from thoracic outlet syndrome experience numbness, tingling, and pain in the hand or wrist. Now, bursitis is inflammation of the bursa, 
and this causes areas of restriction anywhere in the body, but primarily the shoulder region. Patients who are suffering from bursitis experience aching and a decrease in the range of motion of their shoulder or in the location of the bursitis. Tendinitis is another condition that is very commonly found in dental hygienists, is a painful inflammation of the wrist that results in a strain. And tendinitis is caused by repeated wrist extension or palm reflection. Patients who have tendinitis experience pain in the wrist, especially along the outer areas. The last of the five main musculoskeletal disorders that affect dental hygienists are disc herniations, which is a condition where a disc is displaced and causes pressure on the spinal cord or nerves. The cause of disc herniation is from prolonged static postures of forward flexion, hyperextension, lateral bending, or rotation of the spine. Now, disc herniation can occur in the cervical, thoracic, or the lumbar region, so all areas are on the table for a disc herniation possibility. Patients with disc herniation experience pain, numbness, tingling of the arm, fingers, lower back, hip, or leg, and this really depends on the location of the herniation. The reason why I share all of this with you is because it's very common. And the key to the whole message of this episode is prevention. Knowing the risks involved with the profession and listening to your body goes a long way at helping you prevent developing any of these problems. I hope these suggestions and strategies provide you with a baseline and an understanding to help you consider some of the things that you need to do while you're treating patients in order to be pain-free, comfortable, effective, and have an entire career that is healthy. Thanks for listening today. In the next episode, we will be discussing ADPI. ADPI is a really handy acronym for healthcare professionals to work through the process of care with our patients. I hope you'll join me. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast. Music